got these unspoken words, I'm trying to get out my head. Plug in the mic and leave nothing unsaid. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. You are now listening to Unspoken Words Podcast. Yeah! Unspoken Words! Episode 165, the sign that Come you on. should focus your mind Here on manifesting your personal growth and development episode. Hey! hey development Hey, development, uh, hey, development, oh, wow. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are redlining that, oh, 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 Red line, red light district, who? Nineteen seventy, Rush. Play go luck, bo. That's when I first met Randy. <laughs> He's walking around there. <laughs> All right, over here to my right, all the way from Bob Wood, I know, I know, I know, he is your favorite Indian, your whole in one, your ace, JCB, say Shoda. Shoda. Shoda le vato loco. And over here to my left, all the way from El Jesus, number 83 in the place to be, the pod Gotti, Randy B, he ain't even trying to preach, say Shoda. Mahalo. <laughs> Mahalo. Aho from the islands. Aho. Hey, and you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Prayer songs. Right, right into that prayer song. Oh, oh. Hey, we forgot the Oh, you guys didn't go into the peyote song this time. I know that we just had to throw it in there just to know. It's a new year. Bring out Karen. I want to see. I want to hear her. Hear her beautiful voice. Sake. Hey, girl. Hey. Always looking pretty with your mane and everything. Prancing around. Prancing around like you own the place. I know. <laughs> what you doing besides being beautiful, girl? <laughs> That's a horse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what was that one? It said, "Damn, girl, did you fall from heaven? Cause you fugly." <laughs> oh, 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 man. man. <laughs> Ouch. I know. I seen it. Felt sorry for that lady. He actually said it to a girl, dude. Oh. <laughs> it was real, wasn't he? You ugly. Somebody else. But anyway, um, let's go right into tonight. We went into smudge the streets. We walked around, we had a smudge bowl, and we had some different individuals that joined us from the community here in Billings, Montana. And we uh, opened up with a prayer, prayer song, and we all smudged off and we went and walked around what about eight. Ten blocks, 
Didn't seem that long. No, it wasn't that long. Um, but yeah, we just walked around downtown real quick. It was about a half hour or so, our walk, and just in prayer, we met some some of our brothers and sisters that are living on the street, and we offered, we offered some smudge to them, and they gladly accepted, and uh, we didn't see too many other people walking around. Still pretty early in the evening, and then we came back here to Billings First Church and smudged off and various other places. Yeah, various. Just went through downtown Billings, Montana, and uh, we closed off. And Randy serenaded us with Old Holy Night. Oh, <laughs> turned it into a prayer song too. <laughs> Holy night, huh? In the world, ain't, ain't no world. Oh, holy night, hey, Lee. <laughs> hey, Lee. What do you guys think about just real quick uh, reaction or feedback from so much of the streets? Is our first time doing it in a year? Yeah, it's been a while. I'm just glad it wasn't cold, like super cold. Yeah. That's, that was, and then when you said eight blocks, I'm like, oh man, eight blocks, but it didn't even seem that long. Yeah. I guess like the length of eight blocks, not going. Well, I mean, still that, just the idea of saying eight blocks. And I was like, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, though. I think for me, man, it really, uh, I miss it out there. Yeah. I really miss being out there. Uh, We ran into a couple of people that I knew and. Mm Mm-hmm. Felt good to get some handshakes, you know? Yeah, and just visit with them. Yeah. Just like I appreciate, I mean, for me, I'm glad we were able to do that and just kind of meet them where they're at, offer them some smudge and some prayers, and then I can just visit with them for a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, everybody else downtown is, like, avoiding them and trying to get away from them as quickly as possible, but we go right up to them and, like, hey, do you want to smudge? And they're like, yeah. We had a a pretty good group, too. Yeah. I don't know, about 10 of us? Yeah, about 12 of us, 12, or so. yeah. 10, 12, something like that. Yeah, it was, was a pretty, pretty good. good crew around there. And I think, yeah, that was a, yeah, it yeah. feels good. Like, that, it just feels good to be out there, you know, in the community and really out there on, you know, because I, I feel like from my perspective, a lot of times we're offering hope to people that may have lost their hope or maybe just need that little bit of extra encouragement to get back up on their feet because everybody that's out there does have it within them to rise above their circumstance. For sure. Mm-hmm. And, For it's, sure. and it's easy, you know, like I say, it's easy to point the finger at them and, and point out the problem. Yeah. But what's harder is being a part of the solution or helping them find a solution for themselves. Yeah. And, hey, if they want to be out there, man, so what? Let, you, you you're still valuable and, and you're, you're still, still part of the community. Something. Yeah. yeah. And the whole thing, it, it's, it's humbling, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a humbling experience to go out there and, you know, to, like 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 you already said, um, everybody just avoids them. Like, we've seen, we've seen that one lady walk, like, all the way around that one dude, remember? Yeah. Over there on the corner. And I thought, you know, to walk up to them and say, hey, you want to smudge and just, you know, be friendly. Yeah. We're not out there for a paycheck. We're out there because we want to be out there. Yes, sir. You know, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, we'll just offer to go out there and just offer up that little bit of hope. Yeah. And it it reminds me of, um, you know, I was telling my mom when I I used to walk to work. Yeah. I seen that dude in the doorway. Remember I was telling you guys about that? Yeah. like February, dude. It was like below zero. Yeah. And I was telling her about that. And I was like, yeah, he was just sleeping in that doorway. And she was like, oh, I'm so glad that's not you. And I said, but that was me. Yeah, yeah, that is me. 
I think if my mom would have said that to me, I would put my first reaction like, what? Me? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How, how bad do you think I was? <laughs> no, nah, but I, I think uh, that really brings into perspective, like, a lot of times we like to think that we're above circumstances, but really mm-hmm. we're all on the same playing field, right? No matter our economic status. True. Um, we're all on, it, like, it, it's like being on a car lot. We're all on the same level. We're just different shapes, different sizes, and different colors. Yeah. You know, at, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, and nothing really matters besides putting the humanity back into the equation, like you say, Josiah. Yeah. Being, being human to another human. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just going to switch gears, too, man. I'm, we're going to continue to do that. So if you're ever in Bellings, Montana, hit us up. I mean, stay glued to our face page and facebook page that's where we'll be posting our we're gonna do some other streets it's always gonna be a thursday um probably like the last thursday huh yeah our second to last thursday the more the merrier yeah the more the merrier like one lady from the she's been on the podcast uh charlene <clears throat> she came on and uh she came joined us and she passed out candy to the yeah. people on the street you know that she said i'm gonna bring candy is that cool i said yeah bring candy so Absolutely. she joined us, and that was her contribution. And the some, people that she gave candy to, they were all excited. Oh, thank you! Like you know. yeah. some uh, chocolate crispy sandy clauses. Yeah, yep. they were good. They were good. They were kind of. They were double wrapped. Double. They want you to work for it. A little bit hard to get to, but <laughs> delicious nonetheless. Yeah, true that. True that. Randy true just that. chewed right through the tin foil. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even just uh, <laughs> chew through the tinfoil and spit out the tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> just threw the whole thing in, spit out the tinfoil in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the same uh, Santa Claus position. <laughs> <laughs> just flat. <laughs> <laughs> Baloney. Baloney, but um, I think we saved that cryptic thing. See, we'll get... Um, See what uh, Ernesto has to say about it too. He probably has some experiences. Oh, did you send it to him? No, but um, we'll just talk about it then. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I I love that, and that's you know that started back in 2018 for me. You know, just getting out there, and uh, I think the first time I did it, it was just me and uh, Reverend Mulberry and a couple other people, and it was raining, and we just went out, and just did a couple blocks, very even shorter than tonight. Did a rain dance? Did a, did a reverse rain dance and stop the rain? <laughs> stop the rain, eh, yo, <laughs> Randy was there singing for us. <laughs> That's why it worked. Oh. Walking behind you guys with my drum. Stop the rain, hey, yo, hey. <laughs> Just, <laughs> just that, just that, over and over to uh, <laughs> dung dung. <laughs> dung, dung. <laughs> yeah, he made about fifty bucks too that day. Oh. People just putting money in his pocket, <laughs> dropping dollars at his feet. The original busker. <laughs> she. <laughs> no, don't they call it busking? Yeah, when they yeah. sing like in the subways and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that what they do? Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I said the original busker. Mmm, oh, old ways, old Busking ways. Busking since the '70s with my drum. I <laughs> <laughs> should try that. I know I have a good singing voice, good uh, enough to get change. 
good, en- good enough to get some uh, some some change and some uh, some snacks. Yes, some chocolate Santas. <laughs> yeah, and some tobacco. Some tobacco. Some chewing tobacco for the road back. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm. But uh, yeah, tonight we're gonna um, <clears throat> we're gonna jump on horn with uh, Ernest Little Bird. Yes, Ernest oh, Ernest Little Bird. Uh, I call him Ernesto de la Cruz. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're gonna call him here in a little bit, a uh, few minutes, and he's gonna, you know, he's one of he was one of the bros, you know. Um, he's down there in Lame Deer, Montana, and he's gonna willing to come on tonight and share his testimony, share his story. So that's uh that's what we're gonna do now. We'll give him a jingle. You guys feeling ready to go? Yes, sir. My blood's been pumping already since we got onto the. Since we did smudge the streets. Alright. Um <clears throat> sorry, 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 sorry. Getting distracted here. I'll give him a jingle right now. Gonna make sure the volume's up for the Bluetooth. Hello. Hello, is this Ernest? Yeah. Hey, you're the tenth caller tonight on Unspoken Words. How you feeling? <laughs> I'm good, bro. Yeah. I mean, Valenzuela is <laughs> our dad's last name. You can't just cut it in half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was telling our listeners we we're gonna call Ernesto de la Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all here right now. Uh, we're gonna get into um, we're gonna get into your story in a little bit, but um, how hey, how's your day going? You got your Christmas shopping done, or what's going on with that? Um, yeah, man, uh, not all the way done, but yeah, we got pretty much what we need done, anyways. Right on, right on. But yeah, this, my day has been pretty chill. Just got off work earlier, just kind of lounging. Word, word. Where are you? Where's uh? Where's home? What? Where's your hometown right now? Oh, I live in Lame Deer. Lame oh. Deer. Right on, right on. And um, yeah, yeah. I know your boy's been playing. He's playing out there for the for Busby, right? Yeah, yeah. How many games they played so far? I think they played um, they played two at the Metro, and they played um, they played Lame Deer, Labray, and they played uh, um, he played uh, Broadview Levina last night. Thanks. They already played like five games, huh? Yeah, yeah. They got it kind of rolling right now. Dang, that's pretty good. They got a, they got a game tomorrow, so. Oh, where are you guys headed tomorrow? Uh, I think it's a home game. We play uh, Roberts. Oh, Robert Rockets, huh? Yeah, the Rockets. Dang, what is that, like a three, four-hour drive? I I think so. From um, I think it's just right out of Billings there. Yeah, it's Going about- towards Red Lodge. Yeah, it's almost the Red Lodge, so it's about an hour from Billings, so about two and a half hours, huh? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, they're coming to Lame Deer this time, or to um, Busby this time, so. Okay, okay. That's so that, that, that'll be um that'll be their first home game. Who? In the Busby Dome. Yeah. Yeah, The cool. Eagles. 
Eagle Dome. Yeah, bust be eagles. The eagles nest. Bust be bounce, baby. Let's go. <laughs> the bust be bounce. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, man, it feels good to hear you, man. Yeah, man, shoot. Love you, bro. Yeah, I love you, man. Do you uh do you know yeah. JC? No, I don't, brother. What's up, yo? What's going on, dog? Oh, you know. Everything everything's cooking. Yeah, just, just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on, right on. <clears throat> um Let me see. So you ready to go? You ready to jump right into your story? Yeah. Where All you right. want to start at? Well, we'll 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 guide you through it. Um, JC will ask you some questions, and Randy will follow up with some more, and then I'll follow up with some more. Uh, but right. hey, if you get going, I mean, just like if you if you're feeling it, and you just kind of have your story all ready to go, man. You can just get going. But JC will start out and ask you some questions, and then uh, after you're done with the your story, you're off the hot seat, and then you can ask us some questions or whatever, and we'll just have a short conversation afterwards. All right. All right. All right, cool. We're going to throw it over to your favorite Indian. Take it away. Hey. Uh, can you hear me? <laughs> uh-uh. I think nah, you're uh, better. Are you on mute? You better mute it and switch back over. This guy got a new toy, and it's been messing up his voice right now, I think. Are you <laughs> plug back in, or what's going on? Go ahead, try it again. How's that? There you go. Yeah. yeah, we can hear you. How come I can't hear me in my headphones? Then? Turn up your volume in your headphones. Because you can hear me in yours, right? Yeah, it's kind of low. Yeah, it's like way low. What about now? Yeah, it's kind of low. What about now? Huh. Still pretty low. Switch over to four once. Okay, hold on. All right, while he's doing that. Yeah, my boys, uh, they've only played three games. Their third game is going to be tomorrow. Glendive's coming to town here in the wood. Um, games start at 1 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, you guys starting early out there, or is it How's just that? regular? Oh, there you go. What'd you do? I don't know what I did. I Man, you might have blew, blew out your at number <laughs> two with your machine. I doubt it. Probably ruined it. Oh, you unplugged it. Yeah, I switched it back over. I don't know. I ain't even going to mess with it right now. This will work. Yeah, cool. All right, sorry for the delay out there, our listeners, and to Ernesto. But uh, yeah, technical JC. difficulties. That's the that's the one of the um favorite Indian. Take it away. I'm trying to think of a word, but anyway, yeah, let's get on with this. Hey, uh, why don't you just you know give us a basic rundown of who you are, where you're from, you know, where you grew up, and all that good stuff. Um, my name is uh, Ernest Littlebird. Uh, my friends, they call me Earn Dog. Kind of got that name back when I was uh, growing up. Just kind of came around and kind of stuck and kind of stuck with me all these years. But uh, I grew up in uh, Lodgegrass. I grew up in Lodgegrass, and from there, I kind of moved on to uh, um, Bozeman. I was in Bozeman while my grandpa was going to college, and then um, I got to go live with my mom for a um, couple years in Billings, and I went went back to Bozeman. And um, after um, after he was getting towards the end of his uh, schooling there, I wanted to move back here to Lander so I can uh, meet my family because my mom, she's from Lodgegrass. And um, my my dad, he's from here in Cheyenne country. So I, I kind of wanted to move down there so I can uh, kind of meet my family and uh, 
kind of learn um learn some of our cultural ways, you know, because uh, my dad's a, a traditional man, and uh, been here for uh, been here since uh, since I was like uh, I think a sophomore. Um, kind of kind of kind of crazy back then, you know. Uh, kind of been through a lot recently, but yeah, back then I was pretty crazy, you know. I was, I was into the, uh, trying to be a little uh, gangster and stuff, man. I was, I was, uh, I was selling weeds and kind of moved on to um, trying to sell bigger things, you know, the mess, partying around. And but, um, that was kind of like my story growing up there when I was younger, you know. Yeah. But uh, okay. to, it, it took, yeah, it took, uh, it took something hard in my life to shake that off, man, but. I'm happy I'm getting over that. Okay, so, like, how about, when did you first start using, or, like, were you exposed to drugs and alcohol growing up, like, like when you were younger, before you started using? Oh, yeah, man, I mean, um, I had family members that was always um, selling, you know, I mean, my parents, they're both sober now, but, you know, back then, they, was, they were kind of doing their thing, you know? Yeah. So, I, 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 I've kind of been exposed to that, um, that hustling and that, you know, that slanging thing ever since I was younger, you know, and a lot of my uncles were doing it. And so, you know, I kind of slipped into that. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, just, just the people you be around, you know, especially when you're younger. Yeah. Those are your influences. And those guys are my influence, you know, watching my um, uncles and my parents, you know, making mm-hmm. that, making that easy, fast money. So yeah, it kind of interested me and, and I had, it was all right there for me to do it. So I, why not? You know, I was young. So about around what, what age did you start using then? I said, I, I said, I started, uh, I started smoking weed when I was in about second grade, third grade. Yeah. What about, oh, yeah, um, I started out pretty young. Yeah. What about like, you know, drinking and all that? Okay. Well, how about this then? What was your, what, what was your drug of choice? Or did it matter? Well, me, um, me uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a drug addict before, and I'm an alcoholic. Uh-huh. So I like to smoke weed, and I like to do my drugs. Yeah. Then I'll, then I'll go and drink, you know? So I'm a drug addict before, I'm an alcoholic. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed doing both of it back then. It was, it was soothing to my soul at the time. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. So, so you know, starting out early and all that, and then, like, when did you, when did you, uh, I guess realize you hit your peak or when it, when it became a problem or is that, um, is that something that you just always kind of knew or I never even, um, I don't even know, bro. I was just so into it. You know, I just, uh, into just, um, getting my, my big old guaps of weed and everything. And I, I never, I never even, honestly, I never thought I had a problem. Yeah. You no, know, I, I just, it was just a normal thing, you know, um, Growing up, watching all my uh, my relatives and my homeboys just doing it, you know, and me being uh, jumping into it and just being a little bit above them, you know, um, just picking up my game and I was just up a little bit, just a little bit more, you know, and so I never thought I had a problem. I I I, I kind of honestly thought in my head I kind of kind of ha- uh, I kind of had it under wraps, you know. Yeah. You know, I can go get my I can go get my pound of weed. And I can go get my couple ounces of dope and just keep slanging. I I I always thought I had it under wrap, you know, and and then um man and then uh, uh 
my son, man, he's the one that basically, uh, my son I lost, you know, in 2020, he's the one that basically um, put me in check, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, he um, in 2018, um, I was kind of, I was falling into the, uh, I was falling into it bad, you know, I was starting to use more, I was starting to smoke weed more, and had more of the products, both products. So, um, yeah, my, my son, he just told me one day, he said, man, dad, look at you, you're ruining our family. You know, and I kind of got upset and I hit him and, you know, it kind of started trickling down from there and I ended up going to jail. I sat in jail for like, uh, about six months. You know, I missed Halloween and I missed uh, Thanksgiving and, um, I got out of jail in, uh, 2018, um, around Christmas, around this time, you know, and, um, I was sitting at home and trying to stay sober, you know, because jail sobers you up when you're in there that long. Yeah. So I was trying to stay sober, man, and uh, I I just, uh, when I was in jail, man, I just kept thinking about what my son told me, man, Dad, you're you're, you're ruining our family, you know, and so I, I, I told my son, you know, I, I wanted to change my life. I wanted to go to treatment. So on New Year's Eve 2018, I I, I did it. I, I, I had my wife, I told my wife, I said, hey, um, I told her, if you don't take me to treatment tomorrow, then I'm going to walk out that door and I'm going to start in again, you know? And so, uh, my wife, um, I packed my clothes up and I just kind of, I was fighting the urge all night, you know, cause it was like New Year's Eve. So I was fighting the urge all night and <sighs> kind of listened to the song, change, uh, change is going to come, you know, by Sam Cooke. I just heard that song kind of touched my heart, man. And I just toughed it out. Next morning, my lady, man, we just packed up the ride and we went to uh, Riverton, set free Riverton, and I went over there and started trying to make that transition to changing my life. No, man, that's <clears throat> man, that's awesome, bro. I know, like me and you, got a lot of history together, and you know, like even back then, like going through everything that you were going through, it always did seem like from the outside looking in that you had everything together. You had the house, you had the family you know, doing your thing on the side, like, but I'm really, first off, man, I want to let you know that I'm proud of you, man, and, and, and you know, like, that respect goes a long way that I have for for yourself and, and your family, your mom and dad, um, so I really appreciate you being on our show, bro, um, and, and sharing a Thank little you, bit, bro. yeah, a little, you know, sharing a little bit of your story, but I, I think, like, man, just, you know, just being, kind of like after after understanding like your your brief history of like coming up you know you got that gangster mentality all you want to do is make money provide opportunities for your family members you know things like that um when did you start like after you after your son did that like what was your thought process because like what and not to like man you 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 what was the mindset back then? Like you knew that you had a problem, but what made you decide to stay the course, you know, before things got too hectic in your life? You know what I mean? Like at in 2019, like going out to treatment, like what was your thought process back then? What what were you thinking? Um, man, when I was in, when I, when I, when I was sitting in jail for that time, they sent me to Browning and, uh, and I was kind of like, um, I was kind of doing my, uh, going through my withdrawals, you know? Yeah. And I was going, I was going through my withdrawals in jail and, uh, kind of hard time in it. 
because I, you know, I kept sticking in my head. My oldest son saying that to me, and I felt bad because I hit him after that. And uh, I was just sitting there, and I was chilling with one of my cellies. His name was uh, Daniel Finn, and uh, he was a uh, his uh, his parents are um, preachers. You know, they they're into the word, and I told him, uh, kind of spilled my story to him like that, you know, and um, he. He gave me a uh, he gave me a Bible, a recovery Bible, and uh, I just uh, I brought and I never really read the Bible before in my whole life, bro. I never, I never. Uh, I mean, I love Bob Marley. Yeah, I was into that Rasta thing, and you know, um, I got Bob Marley tattoo. I mean, I I, I love Bob Marley, and, but I, but I never really um I never really read the Bible, you know. Yeah. And in that Bob Marley in that Bob Marley music, he always talks about the Bible and stuff like that. Mm. And so I I I, I never um, took the time to open up the Bible, so. When I was in jail, man, I opened up that Bible and uh, it was Psalms one, man, and I just kind of read that and talked about turning from my wicked ways and it kind of touched me in the heart, man. And I think going through my withdrawals and everything, I think I was just kind of battling with that, you know, that that evilness, battling with the good word, and just kind of bashing it out, and, and it just took its course, man, and it just set in my heart and. I was like, man, I got to turn from my, what I'm doing. Cause what I'm doing is wicked and my son is right, you know? And so, yeah, I called him from when I was in jail talking to my wife and I told her, I said, man, I know, um, I know my son's mad at me and he don't want to talk to me. I said, but give him the phone. So she gave him the phone and I told him, I said, man, son, I love you with my heart, man. And I'm sorry about everything. And I told him, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn my life around, man. And I'm going to do this, you know? And, he didn't even say anything to me on the phone at the time, man. And you know, that's the kind of memory I've got of that, you know, cause he's not here right now. Yeah. But I just, I, I told him like that, you know? And so when I got out, I could feel he was mad at me, you know? I mean, the way I, the way I was, I don't blame him the way yeah. I was acting and I don't blame him for being mad at me, you know? And so, yeah, I just, uh, just told myself I gotta do this for my family, you know. And I love that. I, I love my kids, you know. And my other one, um, my uh, my other boys are a couple years younger, and I could see that. Uh, I could see in their face they were they're kind of worried about me, you know. Yeah. And I, I was worried about myself too, cause I I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to fold, man. I just wanted to, cause it was New Year's Eve. And I spent all that. I spent like six months in jail. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm just gonna, um, I'm gonna go out that door right now, and I'm gonna start doing my thing again, you know? Cause yeah. But then, but then I was all like, man, you know what? I, man, I can't. Cause I already, I already told my son I'm gonna change my life, and uh, I, and then I just that just kept sticking in my head, and I got turned from my wicked ways because I was that wicked man, you know? Yeah. And and I just kind of, I kind of thought about you, man. I kind of thought about you, and um all the other bros that went to step free. And I was like, man, if that can, if that can change my bros, man, I, that's where I want to go. You know? Yeah. No, so I, appreciate I, that. I took, I told my wife straight up. I said, man, uh, if, if you don't take me to step free ministries right now, then, then I'm going to, I'm going to walk out that door and I'm, I'm going to be the same guy I was. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful. She, uh, thankful. She, um, uh, she did it, man. She just, Next morning, I got my bag packed. She jumped in the car. She took me straight over there and dropped me off. Man, that's uh, in, that's awesome. Now, yeah, my parents were there too, so kind of kind of made me feel better, you know. Because yeah, they're 
you know, they were kind of crazy back then in their times, you know, and so it was it kind of meant a lot for me, for my 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 lady and my uh, mom and dad to be there. I even told them I was scared once they dropped me off. I was like, I'm scared, man. I don't wanna, I don't wanna um, go in here. It was kind of difficult because um, I come from a traditional family, a cultural family. Uh, set free was uh, Bible based, you know, and so I, I kind of had I kind of had a little transition to do in there, but I'm thankful it all worked out, man. And yeah, no, man, thank of, you for sharing that because it's like, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like, man, like that's amazing. So you see, like everything being planted, there are many different pathways to recovery. Not you know, we we all share like the same struggle and like drug addiction, alcoholism whatever the case may be, but to have the support of your family, no matter what each person believes, right? Like they ultimately loved you enough to make sure that you walk through them doors. And ultimately, man, that changed your life. And I think that's, that's amazing, bro. But also like, what was your feeling like? Like, what was your thought process as you pulled up to, you know, like that, that for me, like when I got to, when I got out there to Riverton, like I never been to Wyoming before, never, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've yeah. been to Wyoming, but only to like Sheridan and I'd never been that far in. And dog, when I first pulled up, it was winter. The snow was yeah. falling. Like I had to, like we stayed at the bottom of like this little town called Ten Sleep. And it was like a little shack, bro, but the room was expensive. It was over a hundred and something dollars um, when we drove and we drove in the middle of the night and we couldn't make it through that pass. But like for you, like what was your, like, I don't know if you've ever been out there before, but like, it's all brand new. You said, you said that you were a little like, you know, a little hesitant to walk in, but like what made you stay? Man, um. When I got there, it was a, yeah, I, I've never even been to uh, Riverton before, you know, and I have family members here in um, Lame Deer that are from Wyoming, and I, they kind of tell me it's kind of like a racist place, you know, and, and, um, and growing up in Bozeman, I faced racism, so, you know, I, I, I can battle through that, you know, I, but when I got there, it was, it, it, it was um, different, you know, they, uh, they welcomed me good, you know, everybody welcomed me all right, and, you know, I was, I was scared, and, um, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect at all, man. You know, and, uh, I just kind of, they, they told me it was, um, it was a free will, free will. It was a free will program. Yeah. Whenever we felt, whenever we felt uncomfortable, we can, uh, we can leave the doors open, you know? And, and, um, it was crazy because when we first pulled up in Riverton, my dad took me to one of his friends yeah. that stays there in Riverton. And after he dropped me off and they explained that whole thing there, I was like, man, I know where exactly where I'm going to go. Because you had your plan like, to leave if anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I know where I'm going. Because I, I don't know. I didn't. I was kind of, um, yeah, man, I was kind of hurting, you know, being uh, selling weed and, and, and dope my whole life, you know, yeah. doing all that. You know, I, I kind of, man, bro, I can't really do anything else. You know, that's, I was telling my kids that, man, uh, man, I, that's all I did my whole life. I never really uh, explored the uh, employment circuit or anything like that. You know, yeah. I've just mm. so been reli- I've been I've been so reliable on uh on making that thousand uh, dollars you know every other day. You know, what I mean, sometimes you make fifteen fifteen hundred a day. You know, yeah. And then you're gonna go get some more. You know, that's how it was for me. You know, and I was just uh, I, I was trying to 
I was trying to change, trying to get away from that. So, yeah, it was all weird to me, bro. And I kind of got there, and a uh, couple of days into a uh, couple of days into the program, there I, I kind of wasn't really feeling it because I didn't know how to read the Bible, man. Yeah. I didn't know nothing about the Bible, man, and uh, I didn't know about the Old Testament or the New Testament, you know, and I didn't know about the other chapters in the Bible, you know, the books like the Book of James, and um, we had to read um. Um, we had to read the Old Testament first, the New Testament. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't know any of that. So like, I didn't know how to do the um, scriptures. Yeah. You know? And so it was all like, it was all new to me. So it was pretty frustrating, you know. And then they didn't want us to uh, burn cedar or anything like that. There, they wanted us to focus on His Word, you know. And yeah. So I was, I was coming from a traditional family. I was kind of, uh, I was kind of offended by that. Mm. And um, yeah. I tried to leave. I tried to leave one time and I packed my stuff up. And I cleaned out my, um, my drawer and, uh, I got a couple of brothers coming there and talk to me, man. And they said they could feel something from, uh, my stories I shared. Yeah. And, uh, they said, uh, they said, man, we can feel your, your passion and your love. And they said, uh, they could feel something from what I share in the groups. And they encouraged me to stay, man. And I just kind of, Toughed it out a little bit, stayed for another Bible study. Um, I told them I was gonna, I was gonna try another couple, uh, another couple weeks. I told them, but I'm gonna leave, you know. And that next morning, we did our our, our proverbs because we do our proverbs every morning, and man, we read a proverb, man, and I kind of expounded on it at the table. And one of the brothers told me that uh, he said, "Man, and dog," he said that. Uh, we can feel it in you, man. You got a, you got something strong inside you. He said, you need to go out, you need to go out to the back and give your life to the Lord, man. Mm. Repent of all your sins. And I was all like, kind of got frustrated with it, you know? And I was like, I felt like I had no sins to repent, you know? Yeah. And, mm. uh, so after that discussion went down, we got to eat breakfast and I went to the back to go smoke a cigarette and I was kind of mad a little bit and, Cause it was early in the morning, bro. It was like, it was like seven o'clock. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they get drove at five thirty, six. Yeah, man. I didn't even get. I didn't get to enjoy my coffee, man. I was you guys all kind of like. It felt like it felt like they was pounding on me, man. Yeah, so dog. You need to um, you need to let it out. You need to um, repent. And they're like, man, you're a strong kid. This and that, you know. And so anyway, after that group, I just went to the back, smoke a cigarette, drink my coffee up, and. I don't know what happened, man. I just closed my eyes and I said a prayer, man. I was like, man, Lord, I want to do better for my family. And, and I just started crying. Mm. And they let me go on top of that hill. And I just started crying. And I just, I was like, man, man, you know what? I, sh I, sh uh, I, I should repent my sins. And so I was like, Lord, forgive me for um, committing adultery. And forgive me for sleeping with the women. And forgive me for selling drugs. Man, forgive me for uh, all the violence and the fighting. And man, I just kept going and going. And every time I stopped crying, something else would pop up, man. And I forgive me for this. And man, it went on for like, bro, it went on for like three hours, man. And they let me sit back there and just ball my eyes out. And come on. When I came back, mm. when I came back in the building, I jumped on my bunk because our pastor Richard said I can go ahead and lay down. I didn't have to do the Bible study, so I jumped on my bunk, man. And uh, man, I slept like a baby, bro. Come on, and then when bro. I, and then when I woke up, man, I it, it felt like, uh, man, it felt like everything was just lifted off of my chest, man. I didn't have to worry about uh, 
all that stuff that I thought I didn't have to worry about. You know what I mean? Like all that, all that wickedness I knew I was holding in, you know? Yeah. No, no, I, I didn't realize I was holding in so much, uh, so much bad things, you know? Yeah. No, like all the fighting and all beating people up and, you know, all the selling drugs and uh, infecting my community. You know what I mean? And yeah. So yeah, that, that was kind of like the uh, changing point right there. And so almost like a cleansing I, process. Yeah, man. And I just kind of like, uh, I toughed it out right after that, bro. And then uh, it was crazy because the Bible hit me, um, hit me different, man. I could, uh, I, I started understanding the scriptures and, mm. um, I, you know, I knew how to follow the word, you know, it was all like, and then, um, um, the pastor told me, he said, uh, short time I've been there. Most people learn that in three years, you know, and, no, it's kind of like, dang, you know, and <laughs> I don't know, it was, it was pretty, it, it was pretty weird, bro. And I was kind of, kind of thankful for that and just kind of, uh, give my life to the Lord after that, you know, just, and thank you for and sharing then, uh, that because I got a lot of love and respect for pastor Richard. Yeah, man, that guy was a cool guy, man. I mean, I didn't know he was, uh, he was talking one time and I didn't know he was kind of did this the kind of stuff we I, I did you know talking yeah. about drugs and selling you know and he was c- come from that kind of a background up in California and stuff so I think that's what kind of made us hit it off because uh, you can go talk to some pastor you know and he'll try to share a story and he can you can be like that kind of don't match the lifestyle because I've been through it you know what I mean but <laughs> yeah come on this this pastor right here he was talking about the drugs and uh, smoking the loker and things like that you know and I was like wow dude I never heard a, a, a white pastor talk like that before, you know, and kind of tripped me out. And then we just kind of went on a level, man. And I never had no problems with him or anything, man. And I, but everything he read at his Bible studies felt like it was coming straight to me, man. And it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, it was an experience though, man. I'm, I, I'm thankful for it and everything, all that, you know, and think about it from time to time just to keep myself going. Yeah. Yeah, no, man. Thank you for sharing that stuff, and um, I'll pass it over here to uh, to J- Josiah real quick. Mo hugs, not drugs. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it Get it right. <laughs> Street name, that's my name on this. That's my name on the red road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, no, Ernest, man. Thank you for sharing what you have so far, man. It's powerful, and um, uh-huh. I appreciate it and. Yeah, so from that point, you know, you got that you got that deliverance and you got that kind of renewal and your your eyes are open. Uh talk about like from there and then how long did you stay at uh set free and then what was it like coming back home? And then what did like what did you do? Walk us through that. Um I was at set free for um I was supposed to be there for 60 days, but uh I stayed there for like eighty something days. Mm-hmm. Stayed there for a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of weeks longer. Um, I came back home because my one of my relatives died. Holly Pennyhop, she passed away, and oh, that was kinda, that time, huh? Um, yeah, it kind of shook me up a little bit. So I came back home for the funeral, and everybody, everybody, um, figured I wasn't even gonna come back. But yeah. uh, uh, I was, I was, um. Um, I don't know, man. The Lord got a hold of me, so I just man, I I came back after the funeral, man, and uh, stayed a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and um, 
and uh, we did our, we did a blessing out thing, you know. And I told I I, I told the pastor and everybody that the, uh, I set free over there because they didn't want me to go. They wanted me to stay longer. They said that uh, they said I need to be there a little bit longer. And yeah, no, uh, no. So I like man, I now I think about it. I should have stayed there a little bit longer, and uh, but I didn't. I told everybody that um, if I have any trouble in my life, I know I can rely on that book, you know. Yep. So, because I never, I, I never knew how to use it, and so I, that, that was one of my, that was the main thing in my speech, and that was the main thing that I always think about, you know. So now uh, I got home, and I got home, and um, I got my job back at the depot, and you no, know, uh, um, I felt like I felt like I was um pushing um, cause uh, my. My family at home didn't know nothing about the word or anything. Yeah. You know, we're all traditionalists, you know. And mm-hmm. here in Cheyenne, here in Cheyenne country, there's not too many, uh, too many people that that uh, push the word. You know, mm-hmm. you no, know, they they talk bad about about um, the Lord and things like that. You know, and it's crazy because when I when I got back, man, I had a crazy experience. Um, started working here at the depot and kind of um, trying to. I'll do table time with my family and trying to continue reading my proverbs every morning and sharing it with my uh, my kids and they were kind of confused because uh, they were just like me, man. They didn't know they didn't know that Bible. It kind of sounded weird to them, I guess, you know. Yeah. So um, I was just trying to infect my family like that, and you know, um, your first ministry should be your your ministry at home, you know, your mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. So so that's that, that's what I was trying to do with my kids, you know, and. And um, I'll be trying to bust my proverbs out, and uh, I'll be sharing uh, the book of James with them. That's my favorite book, so I'll be sharing the book of James with them. And uh, and uh, COVID hits. Mm. COVID hits. Uh, COVID hits, and um, they had a, uh, you know, the whole COVID thing was going on. State got shut down. Um, they're doing that. Um. They're starting to do that nationwide, uh, nationwide curfew law. So I was at work one day, and they issued uh, that nationwide lockdown for the curfew because of COVID. Yeah. So I was at work. I was at work one day, and uh, they're passing around this letter given out by our by our tribal council and our tribal president at the time, and um, they issued an executive order calling all um, society members to help patrol the homeland or um, the boundaries of the Northern Cheyenne Reservation. And um, we were supposed to help with um, the curfew because the curfew was that implemented. Uh, it was supposed to be at six, but they're, they all, they're adjusted it all the time, you know, and they didn't want no one out. Only like essential workers can be out, things like that, you know? Yeah. I don't know if it was like that in Billings, but around here it was, uh, it was supposed to be like that. And, so, so one of my coworkers showed me that paper, and they're like, "Hey, Aaron dog, you're like, uh, you're like, oh, you're a warrior, you're a, you're a warrior, man. Go check this out." And I read it, and it said, uh, "Calling all society members to patrol the homeland of the Northern Shire Reservation." And I turned around, and I told my coworkers, "I said, hey, man, uh, I'm an Elkhorn Scraper Society member. So are my kids. So we're gonna go down here." So we went down to the camp, and uh, no, uh, that's when it, that's when um, I feel like um, 
feel like the Lord put me through with the biggest test of my whole life, you know, because uh, yeah, <clears throat> I was telling I, I was telling uh, those those people at the camp, I was like, uh, this is history, because uh, not not ever again are they gonna uh, ask our people to um, Cheyenne warriors to uh, patrol the homeland mm-hmm. to uh, take care of our people, you know. And I was like, uh, I'm kind of proud of this moment. You know, that was a proud Cheyenne in me. So, yeah, man, we were out here, and, uh, man, there was people just partying around. Um, a lot of the council members' kids were the ones that were uh, um, drinking out here past curfew, teenagers, mm-hmm. um, young, young girls, and uh, there was uh, – there was um, domestic abuse calls like all over. Like, man, they called the PD, the BIA, and they would they wouldn't show up for like two hours. So they ended up coming to our camp, saying they needed our help. So we would go and assist these calls, you know. Yeah. So we we're basically like we we're basically like the police, man. And uh, we go to these houses, and man, there's like um, guys beating up their wives, kids crying. Um, we went to calls where there was um where there was uh, um, drunk drunk grandkids and nephews being mean, uh, fighting with their um, grand, with their grandmas and things like that, you know? Yeah. I remember this uh, I remember these two calls we went to, those um, those those old elderly women, they were bedridden. They were bedridden and they were crying, you know? And so, man, we experienced that, me and my sons, and um, we ended up kind of kind of having it out with the, um, the BIA because they were coming over saying that, we were starting trouble and we were telling them that they weren't holding up to their lawful duties. Yeah. You no, know, according to the, according to the executive order issued by the chairwoman at the time. Yeah. Said that the BIA was supposed to assist us, you know, in these calls. And, you know, we kept telling them all these people we pull over for curfew. You're not even, um, citing them, you know, you're not taking the guys that are DUI. You're not taking them to jail. You know, mm-hmm. they're just, uh, I mean, man, there's people just we uh we pulled over this one guy, this one car, cause uh he was fighting with his girlfriend. His girlfriend gets out, and that guy runs her over, Ooh. and uh, he was drunk. He was drunk, man. This happened right in front of the um the tribal building over here in Langdon, um, Northern Cheyenne. Uh, the, the the tribal security was just parked there watching it, man. And uh, someone someone ends up calling our um, society camp, so we all blazed over there. And um, we called the we called the um, BIA. Man, they never showed up for. Man, they never showed up that whole time. We sat there for about an hour and a half. That girl sitting there screaming her head off. So we picked that girl up and put her in back of one of the trucks, and we take her to the ER. Yeah. And uh, she gets her leg. She gets her leg broke. Um, we're trying to hold that guy that ran over the girl. We took his car away from him. We're waiting for the cops to get there, and they never even showed up, bro. Dang. So. We kind of, we kind of didn't know what to do with the guy, you know. He should be in jail for that, you know. And so um, we just kind of took him home and told him he had to uh, come get his car and he was sober, you know. Those are the kind of things we went through, man. And um, at one point, the chairwoman comes up to me, she catches me at depot, and she's all like, um, "How come you're picking on our kids?" And I told her, I said, um, "Your kids are out here drinking past curfew." I told her, "You're the one that issued this executive order, you know." Yeah, and I told her I said that I told the chairwoman at the time I said uh, when I was in jail and I was in treatment, all I heard about was MMIW and you, 
all over the news. Mm. And I said, as far as I'm concerned, this society camp is the chair for MMIW. Mm-hmm. And I told, I said, I said, we'd be picking up your, um, your granddaughters all the time, drunk three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. No, no. And I was like, I don't know why uh, you're giving us a hard time, you know, and she's trying to fight with me. And, um, yeah. And she ends up coming over to the camp trying to raise, trying to raise cane with us. And, uh, someone records it, puts it all over uh, Facebook, you know, and, um, kind of funny because, uh, I had to stand my ground, you know, and, um, I had to tell her that I had to tell her that cause she was all like, you got all these little kids here. I told her, I said, these kids are part of the society camp. No, I said, uh, you're trying to do something good for our community. And I told her grandkids, I was like, you, you guys, uh, that's your grandma. You guys should lead by example, you know, instead of running around out here and kind of went, um, kind of went, kind of went, uh, uh, kind of went bad from there. Cause, uh, they tried to shut our camp down and mm. things like that. And I was kind of, um, I kind of didn't know how to feel at the time. You know, I, I, uh, I felt, I felt betrayed by our leaders, mm. you know, cause that camp, man, we took, uh, man, we took uh, a lot of people off of the streets that were homeless, that were alcoholics. They mm. joined our camp and they sobered up and we used to have a fire pit and sit around there and have like a talking circle. Yeah. And we, we used to pray every night. We used to burn cedar and pray every night, you know, and mm. I had, um, I had tribal members, uh, council members and, uh, these like headsmen, they call themselves chiefs or whatever, you know, they'd come over and burn cedar and, uh, they tell me and say, Hey, Ernest, uh, I think you're doing a real good job with these kids out here. And you know, good to see you out here with your kids, your, your sons, you know, no, mm. uh, they burn cedar and say all these good words, you know, but then at the same time, they'd go to their tribal building over there trying to shut us down, you know, and I kind of felt, uh, I kind of felt, uh, mad and uh, offended by them because, uh, we were doing a good thing at the time, you know, and the BIA was, uh, wasn't even supporting us. They were pretty much, uh, doing whatever the, uh, council told them, you know, and you know, it was pretty tough. And, you know, from there, it kind of went on to, uh, kind of went on to these, uh, these young girls that were out drinking all the time. Mm. They kind of smashed into our truck. My son was recording at Kaimani and, and, uh, the cops were trying to throw me in jail, you know, and, uh, they didn't even take those girls to jail that ran into our truck that were drinking, you know? Dang. And then, uh, man, it was a crazy time, bro, man. Uh, we were busting, um, my son Kaimani was busting parties out in the back roads. And, uh, he's, I think, uh, that's, that's where his little trouble started from, um, from how I feel because, not too long after all this, you know, uh, this is going into June. Mm. This is going into June like that. And, uh, during that whole time we had, uh, there was no violence here on the res. Lame there. There was no, um, there was no girls missing. There was, mm. uh, there was no deaths. Uh, there was nothing like that. You know, we're starting to get a, um, stronghold yeah. on getting our community together, you know, and I was told those guys at our camp said it's going to take strong warriors to come out here and do what we're doing, you know, that's what warriors do is we protect our people, you know, and mm. I always mentioned to them about the mighty men, 
I was talked about the Mighty Men. It's a good book, you know, Ben and I and all them, you know. Mm. I was like, we like, we're similar to that because we're fighting for our people. And then um, we were starting to get a stronghold. Elders and people in the community would uh, bring us food. Mm. They bring us food to our camp and feed us. And um, any any time um, any kind of situation went down, they'd uh, give us a call and we'd go and uh, we'd go and uh, break up the fight or whatever was going on, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it started it started mellowing out. It started mellowing out, and then the uh, council was coming against us, and all the kids that were partying were starting to go out in, uh, in, into the hills, into the back roads on the outskirts of Lamedir, and and uh, they're um, going to give us funding. They're they're supposed to give us funding for what we were doing, the COVID funding. Yeah. But they ended up giving it. They ended up giving it to another group of people. And they called them backroad security. And uh, us guys were kind of upset because we kept busting parties out there every night, you know? Yeah. Every night. And it was my son, Kaimani. He was the one busting all these parties. And then uh, coming to June, uh, we went to Bear Butte. Went over there to go do a little prayer, you know, like we do in our ceremonies. And mm-hmm. we, got, we got back, and a couple of weeks later, uh, the uh, council was still coming against us, but uh, there's a, we had we had people that were supporting us, and then um, June 24th, you know, my son got off of work. Oldest boy got off of work, and uh, me and my lady picked him up. My lady was in gun patrol with me that night, and uh, he wanted to go see one of his friends, so I took him to his friend and go see what was up because it was curfew, and uh, someone hits up the radio and uh. I guess there was a breaking and entering on our uh, west side, so I told my son I'll be back. Me and my wife went up there and uh, we found out who was breaking into that house. We got the property back for the, the owners, and um, mm-hmm. I went to go pick my son up, and uh, he wasn't there. Uh, he left with these kids, these two boys, and kind of didn't think nothing of it at, at the time, you know. But uh, me and my wife, we went parked at the camp and. Uh, We'd cruise towards uh, Busby. That'll be one of our routes from here to Busby. And we'll pick up hitchhikers and take them home, you know, because during that time, people were getting hit by semis on this road. Dang. I don't know if you remember that, but it was all over the news. People would be getting hit on our road by semis. So that was one of our duties was to um, drive that road and pick up hitchhikers. And no one ever did get hit because we were always picking them up. So, yeah, that was one of our uh, little duties. So we did that thing. and. Me and my wife went home, and uh, about, about six, a little before six, you know, uh, when uh, my nephew come in and woke us up, and he was like, man, and dog, Nancy's like, they found Kaimani. And we're like, what, is he all right? He's like, man, he's dead. My wife just started screaming, man. And, man. and I, didn't know what, I didn't know what to think, man. And, I just put my head down. I was like, what? No, no. I was like, we, 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 dropped, we dropped him off. I was like, nah. Got a little bit of hysteria going on in our house, man. Uh, my, all my younger kids are freaking out. My second oldest, she was, he was freaking out. And uh, I got my family together and got my family. We all, we, we, we all held hands in the, in, in the living room and 
told my family, I told my wife and my kids, and people were starting to come to my door. And I stopped my family. We all held hands, and I told my family, I said, man, um, our lives are going to our lives are going to change forever right now. And I said, uh, we got to say a prayer. So kind of held hands and we prayed and me and my wife went up to uh crazy heads and seen the cops, seen the cops there. They didn't have a flag off or anything on there. Just saw there. Mm. No, we pulled up and my son was laying there and, uh, they're telling us that uh, he hung himself. And uh, at the time, I was um, kind of angry. I didn't, I was just in shock, you know, and it's kind of uh, mad. And so we went up there, and my wife went and checked out my son, and there was a total rope around him. I kind of freaked out on the cops, you know, yeah. blamed it on them, blamed it on them for not helping us and things like that. And after looking at my son's body, he was all bruised up, bro. Mm. From the waist on up, he was all bruised up. Like they beat him up. He had fingerprints around his neck and they put a rope over it. You know, at the time I didn't really put it all together. And I was all freaking out. And I remember telling my wife that uh, the Lord will take something that you love so much just to see where your heart's at. Mm. Uh, and when I got there, I looked at, uh, I looked at my son, man. I love that. I, I loved him, man. I changed my life for that boy that was laying there, man. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do, man. And one of my society brothers grabbed me and took me away from there because I was pretty hysterical and uh, as, the, as the days went on you know at the funeral one of the boys one of the boys I was last with him came up to me and uh, was telling me a story about what happened that night the other, uh, the other boy that uh, was with him the one that I left him with I dropped him off with he took off I never seen him that whole time, but this boy comes and tells me his story, and I didn't know how to take it. And he gives me all these cedars and these Sundance paints, and I grabbed it and I told that boy, and he said, "This don't, this don't sound right." And I gave him and his buddy a hug. Mm -hmm. But then I, I, everybody was telling me all these things, you know, and. Something was telling me that Kamani didn't hurt himself, you know, and uh, I was kind of mad at the BIA for not doing a proper investigation, you know, and yeah. one of my society brothers come over and he shows me a picture of uh, our chairwoman at the time over there picking up all the beer cans and cigarette butts, and then uh, something keeps telling me that he didn't do what they're saying he did, you know. And yeah. And then uh, we went to go address him. And then uh, they told me that his body was just like beat up. Like they beat him up, man. And no. So I've been trying to uh, 
for that time, I was trying to um, present that to the cops, you know, to the BIA, yeah. our, invest- our, our investigation team. I told him that there's no way my son could have did this, you know, and uh, she's, uh, his body's all beat up. got fingerprints on his neck, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, they didn't take pictures of any of it. And then come to find out, one of my society brothers showed me a picture of uh, the party that they busted out here in the back roads. And that green truck and those three three other cars that were last seen with Kaimani were out here at the uh, back roads parties that they busted every single night. So I hearing rumors that these kids were trying to retaliate onto my son for busting their parties. Mm. So I so I trying to like uh, present this to our our, our BIA. Uh, I wanted a deeper investigation, you know, mm-hmm. and uh. Uh, see, my they didn't want to hear it, bro. They didn't want to. Uh, they didn't want to hear it. It's still an open investigation, but it seems like not really doing anything, you know. And, no, I kind of um, had a hard time after that, bro. I, 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 uh, I started trying to um, get high and drink again. And yeah, I was, I, I, I was pretty tore up, man. I was pretty tore up, man, and fighting with everybody. I was. Uh, uh, um, I was pretty radical. I was pretty um, upset with everything, you know. And shoot, I was uh, in my basement drinking. Shoot, but I even tried to kill myself, man. I had some guns. I got some guns because I wanted to go get these kids back. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, one day I just I was just getting high and drinking in my basement, man. And I put that uh, snub nose in my mouth, man. I loaded it up. Yeah. I shoved that sucker in my mouth, man. I pulled that trigger and it didn't even go off, man. It just clicked. Hmm. I start crying, bro. Start yeah. crying, man. I was like, man, dude. I was, I, I was tore up that bad, man. Mm-hmm. Trying to uh, OD, trying to OD, all that, bro. And my family was trying to send me to a uh, psych ward. Mm-hmm. My family was trying to send me to a psych ward. And uh, I told him, I, I told him, I said in my family, I said, if you guys do that, man, I said, I'm going to shoot my wrist, shoot myself. Mm. I'm not going to a psych ward. I'm not going to a jail like this, you know. And I was, I was kind of mad at everybody for not speaking up for my son. Yeah. And I was mad at the time. I was mad. I felt betrayed by our tribal council and our spiritual leaders. And now none of them ever came to uh, um, encourage or um, comfort me in any way, you know, yeah. after, um, after encouraging me to do this for our, for our people and our community, you know, I thought there was going to be there to um, pray with me, you know, to give me some kind of comfort. But man, not one of them chiefs showed up. But uh, mm. in my darkest moment, man, my darkest moment, man, my darkest time of my whole entire life, man, I didn't know what to do, man. I didn't know who to lean on. I had no one to lean on. And, uh, I, I looked down and, I just picked up my Bible, man. Mm. Picked up my Bible and I started reading. I started reading and I started uh, trying to remember the scriptures that uh, that I held in my heart. And, um, and the Lord told me that, uh, the Lord told me that I'm right, you know. The Lord told me to be patient. I'll be patient with it. Time will come when it's right, you know, and, I hit that book of Jeremiah, 
I read that like crazy, bro, and I kind of related to every, to a lot of stuff he was saying in there, you know. And, no, it just took me a minute, but pulled me out of that, pulled me out of that dark spot, man. And and I uh, ended up, uh, <clears throat> I ended up just putting my time in that uh, that book, you know, and. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I kind of stepped away from my, from my, um, ceremonies and stuff just because of what that kid did at Kaimani services, you know, giving me the cedars and uh, Sundance paint and all that stuff. And it's kind of funny because after he gave me all those, um, those elements that we hold so, so, um, to our hearts as our native Americans, you know, them, them paints, them earth paints and them cedars and that tobacco, he gave me all those. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of weeks after that, he gets in a car wreck, and his passenger dies. You know, mm. so so uh, that was kind of like a warning to me. You know, the Lord was telling me, you know, to uh, step away from that for a little bit. You know, so I, I kind of been uh, still on that kind of a path. You know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. kind of stepped away from it. You know, mm-hmm. I just hold on. What's good? What What's good of it? I hold into my heart. You know, and I stepped away from it. And I just felt that uh, I felt that these these people around here. Um, we're abusing our cultures and our traditions, you know, what they did to me and Kaimani, you know, and my son. And uh, I just kind of stepped away from that a little bit. And, you know, like the book of Jeremiah says, you know, they uh, they turn their backs on him. They turn their backs on God and, and they mm. pray to stones and they pray to woods, you know. And I tried to go in the sweat lodge and I had a broken heart. And uh, they told me we don't pray to Jesus Christ in the sweat lodge. You know, and I took offense to that. They said, we pray to Grandpa Rocks, you know, and I took offense to that, you know, and, um, you know, I, I've been asking him not to have Sundancers because I felt my son was murdered and these kids did something to him. And it was kind of crazy because, um, the following years after that, um, the first year I asked them not to have a Sundance after they had their Sundance here, COVID swept through our tribe and took a lot of elders mm. right after the Sundance COVID just dropped a bombshell on the Cheyenne Nation, man, and took a lot of our elders, hit the tribal building hard, and a lot of the people in the tribal building were sick. And then uh, the next year after that, uh, I, I, I asked the society people not to have a Sundance because I know that they're um, abusing our ways for protection. They're not repenting of their sins. They're using our ways to protect them of their faults. Mm-hmm. And they had their Sundance, and it's crazy because right after that Sundance, Lander was um, on fire. Lander almost got burned. I don't know if you remember that, but it was all over yeah. the news. We had to evacuate Lander, you know. And then um, after that year, in 2020, I I I, I, um, I told them I said I didn't I didn't approve of the Sundance. I told the uh, I told the um, society people I was like, you guys already know that uh, I don't uh, I don't want to have a Sundance. I don't want my family around it. Mm. You know, because in, in our culture, in our in our traditional ways, you know, if you abuse these cedars and these paints and these tobaccos, it might not hurt you. It'll hurt the loved ones around you. You know, mm. there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us that were being hurt at the time. You know, and so I asked them not to have that um, Sundance, and it kind of messed up because um, they didn't want to hear what I was saying. You know, so they had that Sundance and shoot that um that Sundance that center pole fell. Mm. the center pole fell and I guess they stood it back up 
And uh, a foul again. Someone come and tells me that that pole foul, and they're like, man, our dog is kind of trippy because uh, those boys that were with Kaimani, they were out there at that Sundance, you know, mm. trying to get some kind of uh, what I think, you know, and I told them, I said, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, Mahiro, you know, Aparitia, you know, had a son, his name was Jesus Christ, you know, and I don't think they're, um, I don't think they're teaching his teachings over there. They're not repenting of their sins, you know, as a lot of wicked people are doing our things, you know. Mm. That's just uh, what I was, that's just kind of what I believe. And, you know, I was, I was telling him, I said, um, that chairwoman at the time who uh, issued that executive order, I said, uh, she, um, she used the, she used our ceremonies in the wrong way, you know. Mm. You're not supposed to put, you're not supposed to pay with red paint. I said, all these guys are making a mockery of our red paint and putting it on their face, you know? Mm. I said, we don't, we don't do that as Cheyenne people. We don't pay with those red paints, you know? I was told that in Crow Country, we don't pay with these paints, you know? They got it all over their face. And I said, we don't do that, you know? Mm. I, I tell those people, I said, um, I just kind of think that we're, there's something bad because there's too many bad people um, um, playing with our ways. And I come from a traditional family. I told him I just kind of step away from that, and I asked my family to do that. And, and I, I told, I was telling my son, I said, uh, the time will be right for us when we can uh, partake in these, but we need to put the Lord back into our temples, you know, into our, our, our sweat lodges. And, mm. and, and any type of praying that we are doing, bro, I just, I tell my son we need to do that, you know, and, you know, I've been trying to stay on that kind of a track, you know, and uh, it's not like I don't believe in my culture and my tradition, you know. I just had a lot of our so-called chiefs, you know, kind of left me out high and dry, bro. Mm. They kind of uh, they, they kind of broke my heart. They put a stain on my heart, you know, and I battle with it every day, dog. I battle with it every day, you know. Mm-hmm. I see these, uh, I see that chairwoman. I see these so-called chiefs out here, you know, um, you know, our, our, our community has kind of um, been in shambles, you know. Um, we've been through, like, three chair people, three chair, chairwomen, chairmen. We've been, uh, um, we had shootings in broad daylight. Um, the house has been burning down like crazy, you know. Mm. And, uh, and it's been pretty crazy lately down here, but I've just been, uh, I've just been basically to myself and just, uh, Focusing on my kids and uh, staying in my prayer and try not to uh, try not to be fooled, you know. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I go through it every day, you know. Cause uh, coming back from set free and um, coming back home, you know, it's it's uh, coming back into this world, you know, it's it's real, man. You know, the, the struggle out here is real, man. The addiction, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, um, I'm all about right now. I'm all about, um, I'm all about trying to help the kids. You know, trying to help, um, especially my family. I start with my family, and then I try to help, um, the kids that come around to our family. You know, because if we're not doing it for our kids, you know, um, our kids are our future. I'm always, I'm always trying to. Uh, people don't ask too much advice. I, I think people are like, uh, think I'm hateful and things like that. You know. 
But I just uh I just try to keep it real as I can, man. And, but uh it's our kids, bro. It's our kids. We gotta start with our kids, man. And we gotta be a positive influence for our kids. We gotta um we gotta do the right things for our kids. And um if we wanna save our cultures and our traditions, we gotta start with our younger generation, you know. When I got back from set free, I was telling the people at the camp, I was all like, um, it's kind of trippy how this older generation is um, into this uh, um, this thug life, into this, uh, uh, what, what are they saying, uh, day ones, my day ones, yeah, things man. like that, you know? And I was all like, man, I was like, man, bro, I said, your day ones, they ain't your day ones, man. I was like, uh uh, your day one should be your, your, your kids and your family, you know. And mm. I was mm. talking about, uh, I was talking about ride or die, you know. I was like, bro, it's, it's it's not it's not ride or die, bro. It's um, we gotta we gotta uh, live and grow, you know. Come Why on. we wanna die, man? Uh, we gotta live and grow, and you know, we always talk about um, these guys and I gotta set free these guys in our community that um, just get out of prison, you know. They uh. They run that uh, Native Pride thing. <laughs> they talk about all these um, Indian ways and Indian warrior things. You know, these guys that got a prison, you know. I mean, because I, I, you know, I was in the society camp. We ran into a lot of those guys. I need, uh, I'm, a, I'm a dog soldier. I'm an Indian warrior. This and that, you know. And I, I, I tell them, I say, well, if you're a dog soldier, Indian warrior, why are you out here drinking with these little kids, you know? Yeah. Why are you out here doing drugs with these little kids, you know? So I'd be telling them, man, you just got out of prison. You should be showing them something different because mm-hmm. that's not what dog soldiers do. That's not what Cheyenne warriors do. That's not what crow warriors do, you know? Yeah. You know, they got ta- and the, this This one guy was uh, giving us problems, man. Was fresh out of uh, prison, man, tattoos all over his face, you know, crying dog soldier and crying uh, Cheyenne warrior. But he's out here drinking with underage girls. Um, he's out here pointing guns at uh, society brothers, you know? And mm. I told him, I was like, hey, um, uh, Cheyenne, uh, China warriors, native warriors at that. We don't do that, man. We don't point guns at one another. You know what I mean? We don't, we yeah. don't, um, we don't get underage girls drunk. You know what I mean? And, and um, I'll tell the guys at the camp, you know, ever since I got out of set free, you know, I listen to this music nowadays and talks about, um, shaking booties and this and that, you know, and, yeah. you know, I'm all like, you know, I'm kind of not down with that because these young girls nowadays, they listen to that music. These little teenage girls that are in junior high and high school, they hear that music, bro. And uh, they're out here, they, they trying to um, imitate that that kind of uh, action, our lifestyle, you know, and uh, trying to dress like those girls on uh, them videos, you know, <laughs> and showing their butts and everything. And, and I was all like, I tell the guys at the camp, you know, and those girls do that, that opens the eyes of uh, the pedophiles, mm. those guys that are on meth that are drinking, you know. Yeah. And that's how MMIW happens. You know, those girls get drunk, they disappear, you know? And, uh, I, I was telling those guys at the camp that we needed to uh, change that type of per, uh, perspective out in our community because we, we want to save our kids, you know? And, yep. And I'd be trying to preach like that back uh, back then when we did that camp, you know? And, um, you know, after I lost my son, you know, the Lord kind of spoke to me, told me that um, I just need to stay the course, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it, it, it's hard, though, bro, because uh, sometimes I want to give up. You know, I wake up in the mornings and I miss my son, you know? Yeah. I look at my son. Um, I take my son to a, 
basketball tournaments. You know, you see us out there. Yeah, for we sure. Go to basketball tournaments. And, um, got a got a pretty good little team. But my son, man, he looks like the boy I lost. And mm. man, when I look at him, sometimes man, it, it breaks my heart, bro. And I wanna, uh, I wanna give up for one day. You know, I wanna give up for one day and just get drunk, get high. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. You know, but at the same time, I can't, man. I gotta, I gotta be strong for that little boy, you know. And, so I'm battling with it every day, bro. It's not like it's not like uh, I'm I'm over it. No, I'm uh, still working on a lot of things, you know. Sure. I don't get as angry. I don't get as angry as I used to back then, bro. I mean, I was I was pretty uh, when I first lost Kamani, man. I was pretty radical and I was pretty uh, violent tendencies, you know. Yeah, I mean that's understandable. But yeah, I've been I I've been working on myself all the time, man, and. Uh, try to focus on my kids and and their little friends, and I try to talk to them like that. And I try to take those bad habits from my life and try to um put in put in put in a uh, positive positive habits. You know, I try not to do uh like the music for one thing. You know, I try not to listen to that that heart that not like this modern day rap. You know what I mean? Man, that stuff's kind of crazy. That stuff's got bad messages in there, bro, man. I, yeah, it's pretty raunchy. Yeah, me and my son listened to him one day, dude, and he was all like, he's like, that's like satanic, you know? And I was mm. like, heck out of the stuff they'd be doing, you know? And, yeah, talking about glorifying. Man, it's crazy, though, Earn Dog. Like, man, just, just talking to you and, and you sharing your story, like, there's so much, you know, like, growth yeah. from our talks from previously and even now, bro. Like, I'm so proud of you. And it's like, man, you've handled probably the toughest thing that any parent can go through. Mm. And and it's not easy. But I know, yeah. you know, I want to encourage you because it's like there's a there's a word that really spoke to me. And it was like a broken heart and contrite spirit is acceptable in the sight of the Lord. And, you know, a lot of times we we come and we face life head on and we come to these problems. But a lot of us don't run to our relationship with the creator you know a lot of us previous to this were caught in addiction yeah. and alcoholism and and those were the old ways that we dealt with things but it's so powerful like you like when you share your testimony you're testifying about what happened and what worked for you <clears throat> and a lot of listeners that are going to hear your story are going to be liberated because that's the type of freedom that you carry Mm. You know, and, and and when you think about it, bro, like, man, that path is hard, but you have become a father to so many. And one of the things that you have taught is to be consistent and to be disciplined, you know, taking a group of young men with no funding and basically feeding their dream through your own pockets and changing the way that you doubt with things like you may be the only positive light that these young men see. Mm, mm, mm. You may provide them the only opportunity that they get to go off the reservation and realize like, bro, there are bigger opportunities and it's because of your dedication and your willingness to continue to be a father with a broken heart. You know, and I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not saying like, I don't know when you will be fully healed, but man, it's so encouraging, bro. 
like to sit here and listen to all the heartache and the pain that you've gone through, but also to see the, the, I'm, I'm sorry, but like to see the windshield just so clear for you right now. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Cause, uh, someone was just telling me that we were just talking, I was talking to someone and they're talking about, um, they're talking about, um, they lost someone and asked me if it, um, they couldn't imagine losing a child, you know, and, uh, I didn't. I never shared my story with with this person I was talking to, but they just kind of, kind of know yeah. what I'm kind of yeah. going through, and so they're all like they couldn't imagine uh, what I'm going through, and they're like uh, they lost a loved one, and they're all like, um, just want to encourage you, um, it gets it easier, you know, it gets easier. And, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I took it all in, you know, and but man, bro, <clears throat> on the real man, I mean, <clears throat> I, I I feel like I failed my son. I, I failed my uh, my oldest son and my family that was with me. You know, I failed them back then when I was doing all that um, crazy stuff. And you know, I felt like I failed them so bad. You know, and the change I was going through, the change I was trying to make to make it a better better for our family. You know, and after I went through that with my son, you know, I was all like, man, you know, it it it, it, it don't get it don't get easier. You know, mm. and um. I was just, uh, I was thinking, I was like, man, it, 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 it really don't get easier, man. When you lose a child, man, it, it's always with you, you know, and I had to, I had to go back to chilling with my call. I, you know, my call at Debbie house, she lost her son, Adrian Garcia, when he was only 15, he got shot on, he got shot in Lodgegrass and well, my call, I lost him. But I remember, um, when Kaimani was a baby, I was sitting with my call and, uh, we we're just visiting and, just out of nowhere, man, my call has, just tells me, you know, she's all like, I buried my mom, you know, I buried my dad, she said. And she told me, she said, uh, it, it, it hurt losing my mom and my dad, but uh, nothing's more painful than losing a child, mm. you know. And you know, I sat there and I thought about that. And, man, there's nothing more painful than um, losing, a, losing one of your kids, you know. I mean, you guys have got kids, you know, you love them and, you know, the things we do for our kids, you know, I'm not a perfect dad. I'm, I'm still going through my struggles every day, you know, mm-hmm. I barely got a job and, uh, um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to do something, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to do the things I should have did for Kaimani with my kids I got now, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take, um, this, this time that we have on this earth. I'm not taking it for granted. You know, I gotta, I gotta try to do better. And I mean, we don't have a perfect home or anything. We're, we're going through, um, our struggles, you know, um, after losing Kaimani, um, that car, that, that truck that those girls ran into, we're still paying for that thing, you know, and, uh, we have bills that we let slide away and things like that. You know, financially, we're not doing the best, but we're hanging in there, you know, but, Mm. um, we're still healing as a family. And, but yeah, man, I mean, when you lose a child, that, that, that'll stick with you forever, man, because one day you're going to be having a, a good day. You know, you're going to wake up with a smile on your face and you're going to give your kids a hug and tell your kids you love them and send them off to school. You're just going to be chilling. And then you're just going to think of that one moment you had with that child and, and it's going to give you that broken heart all over again, you know? Yeah. Give that broken heart all over again. And 
Because I go through that a lot, man. Even when I'm at work, man, I'll be sitting in the cooler stocking things and I'll just think of my son, man. And, and uh, I get a lump in my throat and my eyes get watery, dude. And I know, man, I'll just, I'll just cry, dude. I'll just sit there and I'll cry, man. I love my, man, I love that dude, man. I love my son so much, man. And I, I can't even, um, I can't remember if I told him, um, I love you the last time I seen him. You know what I mean? And yeah. those are, those, that's, uh, that's probably like one of the hardest, you know, but man, that, that pain of losing your kid, you know, it, it really doesn't go away, man. Someone else was telling me that, um, grieving's hard, you know, and, you never really get over it, you know. Yeah. You know, I was all like, yeah, man, I mean, you don't ever really get over that. Don't ever really get over that, man. You know, I love my, I, I, I love my kids. I love my kids so much, you know, I'm just trying to do better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, losing a child, dog, that's, that is it's pretty wicked, man, when you, when you, when you raise them, you know, yep. holding them as a baby, feeding them. Mm-hmm. showing them how to do these things in life, you know, walk, talk, things like that. And then mm-hmm. you see him get older and, and then, and then one day you wake up and you're seeing him there lifeless, you know, Damn. seeing him there with bruises all over his body, you know, with fingerprints around his neck, you know, and then you got that, you got that thought in your head, you know, and people are saying this happened, but something in you telling you that something else happened, you know, and yeah. then you see these signs, you know, and, and and just look at that little look at that that boy right there, that little baby right there, man. That, still your baby, you know. Yeah. That that right there, bro. That stick with you forever, man. And no, I was kind of get up, I was kind of get upset with some of my um some of my um my bros out here, you know. Mm-hmm. I I changed my life. I, I changed my life so much. I don't uh I don't hang around my old friends, you know. Yep. I'm pretty much kind of uh, uh kind of like a loner kind of. Just yeah. me and my kids, you know, I don't hang out with the homeboys no more. But I go talk to a lot of my people, you know. But, you know, I, when, when I talk to them, I'll be sure to uh, give them some kind of a good advice. I feel like I have to, you know. Yeah. But um, I, was, I was telling my people, you know, like, you know, especially the ones that are out here doing drugs, out here drinking, you know, some of them cry around and be like, you know, my lady left me, bro. That's why I'm getting high. That's why I'm drinking, you know. Mm. I lost my friend over there. I lost my uh, my cousin over there, you know. No, I was telling them, like, "Hey, man, that don't that don't mean you have to drink, you know." Yep. That's just uh, uh, I know you love your family, I know you love your cousin and your friend, but that's just your cousin and that's just your friend. You got kids, you know. You got kids. Mm. If you bury one of your kids, you know that's gonna be the hardest thing you're ever gonna experience in your whole life, man. Mm. It's even gonna be a lot more painful than burying your parents, you know. Because mm. as a parent, as a parent, we expect. We expect to go before our kids. We don't. We don't expect to be burying our kids, you know. Yeah. So I'm out. I'm out telling my homeboys, you know, you need to put that alcohol down, and uh, you need to put uh, you need to uh, look at your your people that uh that, that went on together to the other side. You need to look at them, and um, you take that heartache and do better with it instead of trying to go downhill with it, you know. Instead of trying to drag yourself down, cause that's all you're doing, you know. Because when you're my when you're in my position, and um, you have every right mm. to uh, drink and do drugs, you know. I was just telling I was just telling one of my bros that I should be out here drunk. I should be out here on the street asking for change. I should be out here all messed out. You know what I mean? I I I, I lost my son. 
what I mean at the, uh, at a, at a, at a, at a, a very, a very important part of my life when I was trying to change my life, you know, mm-hmm. I lost, I should be out here, uh, uh, doing all what these guys are doing, but you know, I'm trying to strive for my kids and <clears throat> I'm trying to be better for my, uh, for my, for whoever looks at me. Cause I know there's people out here that, uh, that, uh, look at me and be like, you know, he's doing good. You know what I mean? He's yeah. going through a lot. He's doing good. Uh, whatever earned dog's doing, I want to do that. You know, if, 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 if I ever go through what earned dog's going through, I want to, um, I want to be tough like him, you know, yeah. um, someone was telling me, someone was telling me I make it look easy, you know, and I'm like, no, man, uh, I just, uh, I, I pray a lot, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I, I believe in that word, you know, I'm not perfect at all, man. No, we all fall short of the glory, of the glory of God, you know, none of us are perfect at all. You know what I mean? Yep. I got evil thoughts and I got, um, I got tendencies that uh, I have to battle with. You yep. know what I mean? And, and um, one day the devil's going to win, man. One day the devil's going to win and I am going to probably fall off. I am going to probably retaliate, but it's not today and it's not tomorrow. You know, yeah. I got to put my faith in him like that, you know, cause I know there's someone out there that's looking at me like that, but I also know that there's someone out there that's waiting for me to fall. Someone mm. out there waiting for me to uh, relapse and get drunk to retaliate on these kids, you know, so they can laugh at me and they can uh, say, see, that's how he is. He used to be like that back then. That's how he is, you know? Yeah. So that's why I'm all like, um, I got to put my faith and uh, a broken heart into my prayer. And uh, I got to look at around here because I tried to make a uh, change for my community, man. And, and uh, for to see the way it is today. You know, yeah. We did a, we did a little documentary for uh, my son with the this guy named John Decker. And he came here three years he came here three years ago and did one when I was in when I was in bad shape. And uh, he came back and he 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 came back and he told me he said, man, he said, man, Ernest, when I was here three years ago, he saw Linder look kind of um look kind of all right. He said, but I come here three years later. He said, man, it's a mess. There's burnt houses everywhere. Um, the store's windows are broken. The depot's windows are broken, you know, mm. and there's junk, there's junk cars here and there, you know? And, uh, I, I told him, I said, man, um, it's because, uh, our tribal leaders, man, I mean, they're failing our people, you know, they, uh, they should have, uh, they should have stuck by our society camp because I believe that that camp, could have changed this whole community culturally. You know what I mean? We could have, yeah. cause we're doing a lot of culture. We're doing a lot of culture things there, bro. We're um, burning cedar and praying. We're sharing stories. We're practicing our shining language. You know what I mean? And we're actually, I'm um, trying to clean up this place. And, and, uh, that guy that came and did that documentary, he, he, he's seen it and he agreed with me, man. He agreed with me. Man. And he said, when he first came here, he, he kind of, you know what to think, you know, because man, he's never been on the rest, but two years later, man, he said this lame just kind of went downhill and he heard about, uh, the shootings. We had, uh, someone get shot in front of, in front of um, our, our, our kids over here on West side. Someone else got shot across the street over here on West side and, uh, over on sweet medicine, someone got shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just kind of went, it's, it's just kind of went bad, you know, and, kind of like that everywhere, you know, like Billings, you know, you see that a lot, you know, yep. you've been seeing a lot of shootings and things like that, you know, and mm-hmm. 
Now, in places like that, man, that's where you just got you need a group of people that are going to be real warriors, stand up for their community, you know, and yes, sir. go out there and uh, you got to go out there into those uh, areas that no one wants to go to, man. I'm always tripping out on some of these uh, some of these pastors around here. You know, they're in their churches and they're doing their thing, you know, and they're doing their thing, you know. But they don't want to come down here to the park where all these homeless people are at, drug addicts. They don't want to come over here and try to talk and pray to them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I'm all like, we need we need more people of the faith. We need more soldiers in Christ that'll do that thing, you know. And mm-hmm. Come go on. Out, go out go out there to where those people need to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <clears throat> I was just hearing about um, that shooting on Monroe, over in Monroe over there. And I was just kind of praying on it one night, and I was like, man, that's that's where that's where the people need to go. They need to go over to that, that neighborhood over there where all them gangsters and all them crazy guys are at and go over there and pray. You know what I mean? Go over there and spread the word, show the love. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what we need, you know, and that's what our camp was about, man, because that's what... Uh, that's what Indian warriors do, man. Mm. That's what uh, that's what dog soldiers do. That's what uh, all of us warriors are supposed to be doing, you know. No, yeah. uh, we got less of that nowadays. In order to be a warrior, man, you gotta have a tattoo on your face. Gotta have a uh, gotta have a bandana hanging out your pocket and a gun. That's not warrior, man. But yeah, man, it's it's crazy. But no, man, like, thank uh, you for saying that though, because like there was a concert here in town, and and I don't mean to be dogging on anybody else, but like there was a they had a thing at South Park, but my whole mentality was like, man, that's cool, but if you wouldn't take your family to that park and have a picnic, why are you going down there trying to evangelize? Mm. You know, you you down there, you spend an hour, cool, but what are you doing afterwards? Yeah. yeah. You know, and and that's yeah. kind of that was my prayer too when I left. Like where I was it was like, God, give me the ones that nobody wants. Mm. You yeah. know, and, and and it's crazy because we were just talking about this at the beginning of the show, how we just walk the streets because we want to, not because yeah. we have to. Like we're out there in the community, um, praying for people, blessing yeah. people, the people that yeah. everybody else points their finger at and says. We, uh, be scared of those guys. Don't talk yeah. to them. You know what I mean? Look we're up there. Is, uh, look at, we're up there shaking hands. Over there yeah, we're yeah. up there shaking hands. We're dapping them up. We're praying for them. And that's really like what it is, is like we have to be people that live our faith out. You know, yeah. people that walk that talk. And, and I know Josiah is always talking about that, like walking that talk. You know, walk yeah. it out. Don't preach about it. I mean, anybody can be on a platform and with a microphone and, you know, share a fire message and not taking anything away from that. But really, at the end of the day, like, that's only 10% of ministry. Mm. 10% of ministry is being public, bro. Yeah, down here they talk about uh, uh, leading by example, you know, and when the guys are doing this camp thing, uh, um, no one ever brought that out. But I always told those boys that we need to lead by example, man. Mm-hmm. We need to come out here and we need to do the right thing because if they see us doing it, being the leaders like that, then um, we're setting an example for them, you know. And yep. Now, um, some of these council people around here, they're trying to um, use that term, you know. You hear it a lot over here on on, on, uh, on our council people's Facebooks, you know, lead by example, lead by example. And I was just telling my dad that one day, I said, man, dad, that kind of um, offends me because that guy don't lead that example. You know yeah. what I mean? I was, like, I was like, 
I was like, he can say lead. I was like, he can say lead by example. I said, but when he goes home, at, at in, in in his own home, he's his whole different kind of example. He's not leading that example, you know. Yeah. He, he only does that for his platform. He only does that for his uh for his accolade for for his position, you know, his title. Yeah. But I was all like, I told my dad, I said, it's not lead by example no more. It's a uh, walk by faith. Walk the example. Yeah. Go out there and walk it everywhere you go. You know what I mean? Don't sit at home, man. You gotta come out here and do it, man. You know, I I kind of battle with that with some of these um these people around here, our leaders, you know, because um they really don't do too much for us around here. We gotta do it ourselves, you know. For like my basketball team, I I I do it for these kids. I don't do it for me. I do it for these little kids, you know, because uh, if uh, I don't do it, no one's gonna do it. You're not gonna see these young, talented young boys. Uh, I took them all the way to Mesa, man, and uh. I was proud of how they played. Yeah. You know, they're never going to get, they're never going to get that uh, experience to go share their talent with the world, you know? And it's a big world out here. And, uh, for around here, we don't, we don't have people um want to do that for the kids. You know, they always campaign that, you know, for the youth, for the youth. We're about the youth, but we got no basketball camps here. We got no uh, flag football leagues here. We got no, um, basketball leagues here or anything like that, you know? There's nothing for our youth here. And then you wonder why those um those young kids are out here drinking. They're out here doing drugs. They're they're getting younger, bro. Here in, uh, on my rest. They're they're getting younger doing this drugs and this drinking and and that's because these leaders they're not doing nothing for these kids, bro. They're not walking the example, you know? Mm-hmm. They say they say they want their kids to do this and that, but they're not gonna help. For example, they're not gonna help um, like like me and my team or anything because some of their some of their kids ain't on our team, you know. Yeah, and things like that, you know. They it's like they gotta be part of it in order to help. Then and then and then they go out there and talk about for the youth, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of crazy because uh my kids come all, all the kids on my basketball team kind of come from a hard home, bro. Yeah, they come from um hard hard situations at home, and I, I didn't know that until I got my team together and started traveling and. I was yeah. all like, man, I kind of had to um, fundraise and spend a lot of our own money for the kids. And I don't regret it one bit, you know, because yeah. it's for these young kids. And uh, for them to have that experience to go to, uh, to go, we went to Polson, we went all over Billings, and um, we went to uh, Rapid City and Mesa, Denver, you know. Yeah. Now, I had to pile them in my little tiny van, dude. I had like <laughs> eight kids out here, dog. Yeah. And we was going to Mesa and Denver and everything, bro, you know. And no, uh, and I'm all like, that right there is walking the example, bro. For you know sure. I mean? Yeah, no, no, no. That right there. That, like, I seen you at tournaments and stuff. And, like, we just started, we started, um, we started rapping because I was helping out Tyson because we were taking down that team. Uh, helping them out out there, and I was refereing that. I was refereing that junior high, seventh uh, eighth grade division. You came up to me after a game. I thought you were going to argue with me, so I was getting ready to argue because I was refereing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, here we go!" I was just waiting for it. I was like, I "Knew somebody was going to argue with me." I was like, "Oh, it's going to happen. Here we go." And then you came up and you showed love, and you're just like, "Hey man, I've been listening to you guys, you know, and all that." And then, um. <laughs> no, that was good. I laughed about it later when I was driving home. I said, "Oh fuck!" I thought Ernest was gonna come argue with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that was cool. And then, like, 
from there, you know, like you said, you're going to Mason. I said, yeah, we're going there. And then I was seeing you down there. And, man, that was pretty awesome, man. That you, Like, I was inspired when I seen you down there. And you took those boys. And you said, yeah, we came down here. We drove down here in my van. Man, I was just like, man, that's powerful. And I told you that. Remember, we're down there. I told you this, man. Uh, this, yeah. <laughs> this, is, yeah. uh, this is a great thing that you've done for these boys, man. Because they might not get this opportunity again to come out here and, like, see this big world, you know, that... Hey, there's more to yeah. life than the res, you know. This might inspire them to like, you know, go get an engineering degree or a biology degree. You don't know. You don't know, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy though. Like even like even uh even in the boxing world, right? Like so Tank Davis became who he is because of his coach. His coach believed in him. Mm. Bro, he didn't come from a good situation. So if you know that backstory, Coach Calvin Ford basically fathered and mentored this young man to the point that he became who he is today. Mm. He's probably the face of boxing. You don't even know. Like you're 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 the only father figure that the next engineer, that the next lawyer, the next attorney, the next basketball star might become. You don't know the impact that you have on the future, bro. So man, it's like you there's so much freaking strength in your story, bro. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, definitely. And I had so much strength, so much to, um, I'm going to be listening to this episode a lot, you know, because there's a lot to unpack and a lot to learn from what just your story that you shared. Um, and just one thing that I wanted to tell you is this, like, as an encouragement, you know, like, um, before your son passed, he got to see you sober. He got to see you. Like the real you, you know what I mean? And he got yeah. to see that piece. And I think that's something that you can use and carry, um, move forward with. And also that, you know, in our recovery, in our walk on the red road, like it's it's that healing and that forgiveness, forgiving ourselves as a process. And I just wanted to encourage you, brother, that, that God has forgiven you. Mm. Yes. Yes, you're forgiven, and, and even on top of that, man, I love you, bro. I mean, even, like, we go way back, my younger brother is named after your uncle, you know? Mm, yeah. Adrian, Adrian Lloyd, man, that's my brother, so, and he's named after your uncle, man. I love you, man. Love you, too, bro. <clears throat> yeah, you know, uh, damn, bro, just, I, there's... There's there's not a whole lot I can say because that story speaks for itself. But the one thing that, you know, I really liked about it was, A, you know, being a true warrior. And it's not easy being a true warrior. What we know now after we put away all that destructive shit, you know, now we know what it is to be a true warrior, right? And to walk like that and talk like that and, you know, be that. Like, that's not easy, especially, you know, right in, right in the midst, man. You got boots on the ground. You got moccasins on the ground right now, right there in the middle of that, all, all that, all that stuff that's going on. And to, you know, stay the course, you know, I, I, you know like, we, we all go through those struggles, dude. Like, I'll never understand, you know, what it is that you're, you're, you're going through. But, like, and to hear you saying, you know, telling everybody, you know, we, we, we can't glorify that lifestyle that's unsustainable for our people right this drinking and you know using drugs and shooting people and you know all this violence and you know all this shit that goes down i mean we know that it's out there and to you know be that be that person that says hey 
you know, this this is unsustainable. You're never going to get anything out of this. This isn't the way anyway. This is not what a yep. true warrior does, dude. Like to to spread that message and to plant those seeds. There's there's got to be something. I mean, there's something to be said about that. And to you know, um, man, just like stick to your guns, and to say and to tell everybody, hey, you know, you, you got you got kids, you got you got all these people around you that you can positively influence, but you got to put that shit away. Because there's only there's only a couple of things that will ever you know become of that, and you know it's 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 death, it's prison, you know you might not those things might not happen to you, you might be able to skate through life, but you'll just live in misery and pain and cause more misery and pain on other people on our people, and uh, yeah. you know, and I was just talking to uh, my therapist about this, and I and I said well I think you know. The, the best thing we can do is go from the inside out, right? We change ourselves. We change our, our households. We, we, we start from there, and then we go out, and I see you doing that. And, man, it's crazy that I just now said that because listening to your story, that's exactly what you're doing. That's exactly mm. what you're doing, man. And, it, bro, it, to hear all that and, and to know that, you know, we got true warriors like you out there doing that, putting in that work, and, and like you said, you know, walking it. You know, living it, not just, you know, leading by example, but I'll show you how to do it, man. This is how you do it. And then you tell them and, and, and like all these, all these young kids that are looking up to you and you, you know, you're taking them places, you're showing them stuff that they might've never, ever saw. Dude, that's, that's gold. That's valuable, man. Those are diamonds right there. And that, that, that's what a mm. true warrior does, bro. And I'm proud of you. Hey, and I listening to your story, man, I, like I got strength from that. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I just, I just got, I just, I can feel that, you know, that, that warrior spirit in you and I can hear it in your voice and the way you talk, dude, like it, it just like re-inspires me. Like, and I, I, I can go back and I can, you know, listen to this message on this podcast, this episode and, you know, just, uh, just something to say to all the listeners. If you heard this man's story, man, share it, share it with as many people as you can, because he had a message, dude. This is amazing. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing that. I know a lot of it was tough to, you know, probably talking, you know, but, you know, we, we always say, you know, showing our vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. Yes, sir. And I'm just proud that mm-hmm. I'm just proud to be, you know, a part of, you know, helping you get your story out there because it is powerful. There is strength in there. And that's what a fucking warrior does, dude. Yes, sir. Aho. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. It's very powerful and everything. And, yeah, we're definitely going to have to have you inside the studio and maybe here when the springtime weather's a little bit nicer, uh, whenever you're in Billings, and we'll have you back on as a co-host. But uh, I just wanted to ask you if you had any questions for us. Uh, no, nah, really, bro. Just, uh, just uh, uh, you guys get your shopping done? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I pretty much wrapped up. I'm just waiting for a few things to come in the mail. Bro, I just get straight up Amazon cards now. <laughs> I didn't even start yet. No, <laughs> Randy's going to go shopping tonight right after this. <laughs> one, one trip to Albertsons, everybody gets Amazon cards. There you go. Get what you like. <laughs> what about you? Oh, Did you get yeah, your shopping done? Oh, man. Shoot, not all of it, man. Just a little bit. Right on, right on. You got any other questions for us? Um, no, just um, 
since we're talking about that basketball thing, man, I was, uh, um, we're, we're planning on going back down that way too. Yes, I was sir. Just, uh, talking with the boys and just, um, uh, if you can get us any kind of a help, man. Cause, uh, yeah, last time was, uh, we started fundraising kind of late, but we're just going to start here pretty soon. Right. I think, uh, I think our junior high boys season starts pretty quick here. So, yeah. But, um, no, uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted. I got your number now. I got some uh, fundraisers I'm going to do because I'm going to take another team. I'm going to take another team yeah. down. But, um, yeah, definitely I'll partner with you, man, bring you up. And we'll like, I got some. Sale. Yeah, we're going to have a massive bake sale. We'll have a bannock sale. <laughs> <laughs> Kidneys on a stick. Ishbo <laughs> <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> Corn dogs. <laughs> Just one. One big tongue on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, we'll collaborate and I'll get in hold of you. And I got some ideas that I'm going to do here in town for some fundraisers. So, yeah, I'll just make you, man, just come be part of that and we'll split it. We'll split Heck it yeah. down the middle 50 50. Sweet. All right, man. All right, man. We appreciate you, man. We love you, man. Keep doing what you do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, just know that we believe in you and. Man, we know that you're doing the thing down there, so you're going to be in our prayers. Oh, man. Love you guys, too, man. And, uh, just, yeah, keep in touch, bro. For sure. Yep. All right, then. Sweet. Shinnick. 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 <clears throat> nah, man, that was a good one. Yeah. I really, really appreciated that. And really, you're just proud of him, man, for how far he's come, man. No, it's definitely not an easy road, but it's, you know, draw strength from that. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it was uh, all the emotions like through that whole thing, and you know, it's like he said, man. He said we all got kids, and I mean, just to trying to understand or empathize, empathize on. Like what he went through, what he's going through, man. That that piece really kind of really shook me. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be praying for this brother and encouraging him, and you know, doing what I can to support support him and what he's doing. Yep. That was a that was a deep cut, man. That was that was that was a good episode. I'm I'm glad we had him on. You know, looking forward to having him back because really, that's that's the that's the story that we. Especially men, you know, us men. Yeah. We, that's the one that we need to hear, you know, Oof. like yeah. the all going through all that and then still, you know, like, man, I'm struggling, but I'm, you know, I'm taking it day by day yeah. and, and, and leading by, well, he said, I'm not leading by example, so we'll change it, but you know, walking it out, <clears throat> walking it out. But yeah. And the, the thing that really stuck to me was the fact that he's going out there and, you know trying to change the minds of people and saying, this isn't sustainable for us. Yeah. What we're doing, what, what we're, you know, the way we're behaving towards one another. Yeah. Like it's, it's, there's nothing and nothing but bad things will happen. And and that was like, that was my whole thing too. You know, from the beginning, like I've seen where people end up when they keep doing the shit that they're doing. Yeah. And, and, you know, those, those, the death, the, the prisons, the misery, all that shit, dude, mm-hmm. and to 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 reach out and, and you know try to try to stop all that, 
you know, and try to change that mindset and the idea that that that's what a true warrior does, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, yeah, like you know, we 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 talk about it all the time. You know, you can't have one foot over here and one foot over here. Like it, it that doesn't work. Yeah, you, you, your heart can't be divided into two things. You can't say you can't have. Yeah, you you can't say I'm a warrior and then go do the opposite of what a true warrior will do. Yeah, right. Like it just doesn't mix. You 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 can only serve one master. Yeah, I think that's crazy. Like yeah, yeah. No, it it does really a message of make make a choice of who who you're gonna serve today. Right? Yeah, like what you're gonna serve, and and we can either go balls to the wall on this side, or we can go balls to the wall on this side. Yeah. Um, but we can no longer stand in the middle. True. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, I think it's like, yeah, just to echo what you guys are saying, like he's he's just like putting the truth out there, trying to help the people see the truth yeah. of what's really happening, what's really going down. Um, and I know, like, I feel why he's doing that because, like, it was the truth that finally, like, got me to admit that I had a problem. Yeah. You know, it was my loved ones, like, just banging my eardrums with the truth. And I, in the moment, you know, was hungover or drunk or buzzed up or whatever, like, I, I would lash out. But I knew deep down inside they were just, they were spitting nothing but truth. No, that, that you know? kind of brings, no, that, that makes a lot of sense because there was a, a training that I had to take part of today. And part of that discussion, we, there was this activity where, there was a star, right? And and we had to write people that were important to us, people that impacted us, our community, um, all these things that meant meant something to us. It was written in the form of a star. We were in the middle and, and my thing was read and part of that assignment was if you fit these certain parts of uh, the questions that were asked to rip off an arm of that star. Mm. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but as part of the exercise, mine ended up with nothing <laughs> you know and, and and it was like okay now this is how the training that we were undertaking was like now this is like what some of our students are going through mm. um no support the people yeah. that you thought would love you aren't there supporting you yeah. the people the community that you had previously are not there to support you and then i thought about my own addiction like i was telling our director she was like how did it go for you and i go man i really enjoyed it because it allowed me to see from a different perspective and i was like man there's a difference between empathy and compassion Mm. and she was like okay tell me more you know and i'm like well empathy is putting yourself in another person's shoes and saying man i feel bad but when you think about compassion you not only put yourself in that other person's shoes, but it moves you to action, mm. becoming people of action. And, 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 and I was reminded of my own journey, like JC just got to 10 years yesterday. Yesterday. And, and that's such a huge accomplishment, you know? Like, but like just seeing, like seeing this man make it to 10 years and then thinking about my own journey, bro, like we're coming up on nine. Mm-hmm. And then thinking about the exercise that we went through today, I was like, man, there were two people that chose to not just see the best in me, but pull the gold out of my life at Mm. a time when it was easy to walk away from me. Mm. 
because I had lost everything and that put everything in perspective for me back then. Mm. You know, and, and, and the fruit of that the fruit of that decision nine years ago, my daughter's a national champion. She's a three time state champion in her weight division. Mm. She's a two time regional champion in her division. Let's go. You know, we're going after the third one now. Yep. And that's really what she's preparing for in, in our studios on the third floor and she's practicing in the basement. Yeah. You know, but that's the impact and the power that we carry as men when we make different decisions with our lives and we choose to handle the problems that we face on a daily basis in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then hearing hmm. Erndog's story, bro, like, man, I feel like preaching tonight, you know, a little yeah, bit, yeah. but like hearing Erndog's story, bro, like, man, it reinvigorates and it brings back that feeling of not taking for granted the second chance at life yeah you know and it's like man like while i'm here god with the time that you have allotted me on this earth fill me with your wisdom yeah and allow me the strength give me the strength Mm. you know to walk out what you want me to walk out yeah you know, things like that, bro. And mm. and I believe that even in our culture, to bring it back to a cultural perspective is like the true warriors didn't have drugs and alcohols in their system. Mm. They did what was best for the tribe. Yeah. They thought about others before they thought about themselves. Yes, sir. Selfless. Yeah. You know, to the point like, yeah, it was just a challenge, man. Yeah. And, and I believe that we're in that place today is like challenging our circle of influence to become better men. Yeah. The mistakes that we made previously don't define us, but who we are today does, right? Like the yeah. character traits that we carry, the, you know, the person that we are. And, and, and I was reminded of one of my dear brothers just reminding me the other day. He said, man, I had to get to a point in my heart where the only person the only people that I really um, were concerned about being happy in my situation were the were my immediate friends and family members. Yeah. And and Erndahl kind of hit on it too. Like they're like, he was talking about his family being his first ministry. And I guess yeah. that's all I desire to be. Does my daughter see who I am behind closed doors when the rest of the world don't see? Mm. Mm-hmm. Does she feel like I'm a good dad? Does she feel like I'm a good leader? Does she see me reading my Bible? Does she see me praying? Not only does she see me, but does she hear me? Does she feel me? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that, at the end of the day, like, I guess what I'm saying is if you're listening tonight and you're looking for a little bit of encouragement or maybe, you know, your circle of influence isn't as big, start in your home. That's really what matters. Man, that's good. That's good, and I think that's one of the biggest messages tonight. Yeah. You know, that, you know, start at home. Start with yourself. Start in your home. Be that influence there. And then, you know, continue to walk that talk out in the community. Be that example. You know, that's one thing, like the Red Road said, it's not our job to save everybody, but it's our job to live in such a way to attract Come on, these individuals to want what we got. Yeah. You know, and so, man, yeah, that's really right on point, man. And there's a lot, you know, there's a lot from this, and I might have to have a part two 
For real. Of a reflection on this in person, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah in person. Like, like, like I said, dude, there's that. There was a lot there that was deep, man. That was, and and it, that that walk ain't easy. What he's doing ain't easy because, man, like in 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 my worst days, I didn't want to hear that shit. Yeah, for no, sure. Because that's what I was doing. Yeah, and then that, and that's why we get so much resistance because. You know, not only these beliefs, these false beliefs that are so ingrained in our minds yeah. that we believe them so much that we're, we're resisting, but also because then we have to reflect back on ourselves and say, man, that's what, that's, that's the bullshit I was doing. Yeah. You know, that, that, that bullshit lifestyle and mm. that's what it is. That's all it is. It's, it's fucking bullshit, dude. Yeah. Total I mean, baloney. It's that, that's, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but at the end of the day, you know. To, to do that, to have that strength, and to keep going, and, and he, he, he said something that was really important too. He was like, "I might go do something down the road. I might relapse. I might do this, but I won't do it today." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a powerful thing. That was definitely like that's like my mind state. You know, at times like get those cravings or you get angry and like, well, I'm just gonna handle it today. I'm not gonna do it today. That's like powerful for us. Yeah, no, I think it, it makes sense because I what I've noticed in the season too is like, man, fantasizing right about <sighs> man, dog. I like, oh, maybe what if I can go take a drink of beer? What if I can like, yeah. And then it's like, no, I like what I like my life today. Like, yeah, you know what real. I mean. What if I can live that lifestyle with no consequences? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's probably the biggest fucking lie we can tell ourselves. <sighs> man, I yeah. know. Man, I relapsed over one of those. Man, I was just like, well, when I'm older, when I retire, I'll just have nightcaps every night. And I, I just romanticized that until I, start, I picked up the bottle and started drinking again. Yeah. You know, so those those thoughts are deadly. So, yeah, to take ourselves out of that and like, no, well, I'm not going to do it today. Yeah. Because, I mean, what, we're not responsible for our first thought, but we are responsible for our first action. Yes. Right on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Give me some air horns and we'll close this out. Air horns. I want those air horns. Uh-huh. Hey. Uh-huh. That was that was a really good episode one sixty five, man. We'll close it out. You guys got any closing words? That was two hours. That was a good one. Yeah. And it was worth every penny. When you guys go to sleep tonight, when you aunties go to sleep tonight, don't dream about me too long. Just pray about me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll come to you in your dreams. I'll come bless you in your dreams. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) All right, then, well. To all our listeners out there over flat earth, we love you. We appreciate you. And to our unspoken words, disciples keep spreading unspoken words. Gospel Billy Graham style. Hey. Oh, be kind to yourselves. Uh-hoo. Uh-hoo. Shinook. Shinook. I'm trying to get out my head Plug in the mic and leave nothing I'm 
tech. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk.